1: All right, folks. Welcome back to the Mountain West Wire uh, Football Podcast. Uh, Matt, uh, holidays are t- tricky time to get together to record. So, if you missed us, welcome back, and thanks for hanging out with us for
2: longer. <laughs> uh, admittedly, I got a little bit lax. Uh, I, I, as Jeremy knows already, and this is probably way too much information. I, you know, I traveled to visit family for the holidays, and and we had this whole plan to like record while I was you know out of town, and then that just never happened so if you want to blame someone for it you can blame me i will i will shoulder all the slings and arrows it's all good you know what It also means it's actually it might end up being
1: better because go <laughs> go through every bowl game by bowl game which we're not we're going to discuss and recap these games we're not going to go since summer what a week ago um well, actually first matt mwr.com check it out there because that's where we put written stuff yes we, we, in case you're a new person like oh there's a mountain west podcast what's what's this about well that's our website where. At the moment, we're doing basketball, obviously a foot podcast we do about, uh, depending on the time of year, a couple times a week. So just subscribe to our feed and you'll figure it out. And see what we're up to. Me and Andy are going to do some basketball this week. We have a special Wyoming-themed episode, which, oh boy, be ready for that, one, guys. That'll be fun. <laughs> uh, we've already had a Hawaii podcast, but we're going to talk about some bowl games. Not super in-depth because the um, first go bowl was... Checks notes almost two weeks ago. <laughs> that just moment Well, you, you know, know what we
2: will. You know what we will do. We will give these bowls the same care that we give every other game.
1: Okay, that's that's what that's that's Matt's promise. So we'll go with that. Now we'll talk about the games.
2: We'll talk about what happens. Some big picture type stuff as well because it is sort of interesting though because like you know we could talk about these bowl games and some of the and some of the aftermath with relation to some of these specific teams that we haven't. Oh,
1: about that's in the couple weeks. That's what I'm here for. Wow, we, I mean, we can tie those oh two boy. things together. We got lots of stuff to talk about. We got the um actual air force in action this last week as well. Mm-hmm. Not, just, not just the not just ground force. So we'll talk about that. We'll get into games, we'll get into what happened afterwards. A lot of these teams. <laughs> um, we'll some transfer stuff, maybe some new years resolutions I wrote up. Matt, you can tell me if I missed any. Because <laughs> I had to I had to stretch on Boise steeds because so I wasn't sure what to do, but I think it came out right with um, I'll give you a little teaser. It's a uh, exercise more. That's the one I came up with because I'm like, yeah, that may work maybe, <laughs> but let's go to the bowl game. So we'll go back all the way to December 21st. One of the, as we mentioned before, one of, I think two non new Year's six games with teams with 10 or more wins each with San Diego State winning over UTSA 38, 24. Um, I know a lot has happened since we've the last podcast in this game. Lucas Johnson had, the best quarterback play as an Aztec since... I'm going to go out on a a, a strong limb. and say Ryan
2: Lindley at some point about a decade ago. Is that fair to say? So I forget the exact tweet I put out there, but I'm almost certain. And and Aztec 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 fans can can remind me and can yell into their speakers. I apologize if I'm wrong about this, but I believe it was the first 300-yard passing game since Ryan Agnew back in 2019. And then before that... The program hadn't had a 300-yard passing game since 2014. Was that Ryan Lindley? I'm assuming. No, no. I believe that oh. was. I think that was like Quinn Kaler that year. Yeah, sure. Why not? Either, either way, it has it's been, been a while. while. Yes.
1: And guess who's no longer on the team? Lucas
2: Johnson. <laughs> he, he's hardly alone. But I mean, I think what oh. was, was really interesting about this game, and, and there wasn't as much talk about Matt, it. Matt gloats.
1: gloat about me being wrong about the running game. Go for it. Here's the floor. Go. Nellie. No.
2: <laughs> uh, no, I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna yell at you. That's, I would never do that. <laughs> okay. But, but keep... what I thought was interesting was the way the game unfolded was almost uh, if you're if you're an Aztecs fan, almost the exact opposite experience of what happened to them in the championship game, because UTSA, not about, I was want to say like a day or two before you know the, the game kicked off, they had their own COVID issues, and so they were playing that mm-hmm. game, and and I think we may have talked about it a little bit in the previous podcast. Yeah. You know they were playing without a handful of starters, a handful of you know role players, you know further down the depth chart, and so in comparison to you know how things played out for San Diego State, you know before they lost you know to Utah State a, a few weeks ago, rather almost a month ago at this point, yeah, you know UTSA I think was better able to weather those losses because it's not like they were ever fully out of this game, even though they ended up losing by two touchdowns. You know they they had a fourteen to seven lead. Uh, after the first quarter, it was only 17 to 14 and a half, and before San Diego State was able to pull away. But I think you could tell as the game progressed that you know maybe some of those personnel losses weighed on the Roadrunners, especially as the game advanced. But you know also to their credit, you have to remember that the Aztecs, you know, they had a, a handful of situations where they needed to step up and make a play, and and they did it.
1: Yeah, we should know him McCormick because one of the guys who I liked to not to play NFL, yeah. we're top probably second third on pick. He didn't play. He really good running back. Was was he uh, All Conference just obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, I just has numbers in front of me, but he is a uh, sorry I moved away. But really, really, re- yeah, really, really good running back. I think fourteen hundred yards. I want to say, but you had Brad. Um, what's his name? Um, Brendan Braddy had, Braddy Brady had Brady. Brady had seventy six yards of TD. Not nothing crazy, but not having your best running back. And there's other guys too. Forget. I think there's a. Uh, it So long ago, I should have notes here, but like a couple guys are COVID issues. One or two guys like on the defense are looking at opting out not playing because like a senior bowl invite mm-hmm. was was in their hand. And but the game was was exciting, like 38, 24. UTSA goes up early. And you are correct. I'll gloat for you. The running game was not wasn't amazing, but it's still above average. And that's what they use the first little bit. And they like they want to go up big 14.0. They did, but they almost went up um or no not 14, sorry. They went for it on fourth and seven. It's like, ah, hey, what are you gonna do? That first drive, it's the 36 yard line. It's like you have to go for it. So that would that could have been a game changer as well. But that's kind of a difficult situation when you're too far from field goal, obvious passing down situation, going up against this Aztec defense that knows you're gonna pass. And it was just an incomplete pass by uh, Frank Harris. And Aztec's flipped that around for a touchdown. But it was a back and forth game. The the, the main yeah. difference ended up being kind of that the um Late in the fourth quarter, or late in the half, Aztecs tie the game. Then they get the ball again, and they score touchdowns, and we U.S.A. field gold and interception that led to another touchdown. There, that kind of put the
2: game away to go up thirty-one seventeen after the Frank Harris interception. Yeah, I mean they had to they had to weather some storms, especially in the first half. But I think you know it's it's yeah. to their credit that they started figuring things out after the first quarter. I think, especially you know, you mentioned the fourth and seven. Yeah, I think it was at the. At at the Aztecs' thirty-six yard line that you mentioned a minute ago, yeah, too far. Full but then, down. but then you have to remember almost immediately after that in the second, I did game, it again, <laughs> four, fourth and one at the San Diego State thirty-one, and you know I think to myself, okay, well, you know this is a situation where fourth and one, you know I had a, you know when we talked about it, I thought that I you know UTSA's running game wouldn't miss McCormick as much as 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 you thought they might. And, but I think that that play from Andrew Lucky and Jonah Tavai really stuffing that l- that run oh, yeah. at the line of scrimmage that was huge for them, because who knows how the game is different if they're able to extend that drive, if they're able to you know take over with the lead, you know going into halftime or something like that. Or and and which is not to say that it, anything really came of it. You know, you, San Diego State had a turnover on downs immediately after that. Mm-hmm. Maybe but a field goal, perhaps if they got a few yards. Huh. Yeah, but but it was sort of indicative of the fact that you know they. They found ways to make plays when it mattered. And, and similarly, you know, they had other opportunities later on. UTSA did where, you know, again, if things had gone a little bit differently, it could have been a much different kind of scenario where, you know, they had third and five. They, they throw a pass to Zachary Franklin and complete. They have fourth and five inside the San Diego State 20-yard line at the 19. They get a false start, they settle for a field goal. You have to think. That that calculus might have been a little bit different for Jeff Trailer and Company if they had had a more manageable fourth down situation, they might have felt more emboldened to go for it. Mm-hmm. Especially since later in that third quarter, they did that exact same thing. You know, they got you know fourth and one at the San Diego State 12. They got four yards, were able to punch it in for a touchdown to cut the San Diego State lead to one score. And then again, the Aztecs weathered another storm. They were able to mm-hmm. put another touchdown on the board in the fourth quarter. And they didn't really give up a lot of traction after that. And in so that final drive, they held the ball for like seven minutes. <laughs> yeah. So, so it's, it's, so when you look at sort of the breakdown of how the game ended up unfolding, like, you know, UTSA had almost 400 yards of total offense and, and they averaged what 6.3 yards per play. But a lot of that damage was done early in the game. You know, They had 170 yards in the first quarter and then, you know, they had 174 yards in the entire second half of the game when San Diego State was able to pull away. And at the same time, as you mentioned, Lucas Johnson going off, you know, his ability to move the ball down the field through the air, it was something that we hadn't seen a lot of all year long and or rather all years long, I guess I should maybe be more accurate. Multi, yeah, Yeah. <laughs> but that was really what enabled them to turn the corner in that second quarter in particular, where the running game really scuffled, you know, they only ran the ball six times in that second quarter. They only had 23 yards but it didn't matter because Johnson was 12 of 20 in that quarter for 187 yards through the air. And maybe more importantly, you know, we talked about how UTSA had a lot of, you know, really kind of stellar defenders in the front seven who, you know, under different circumstances might've been able to, to make life miserable for that backfield. But, you know, Clarence Hicks only had two tackles, only had half a sack. And, you know, that didn't come until like what, uh, you know, kind of early third quarter and or first quarter and didn't matter all that much utsa had one sack on the on the evening not good and so to me that's like a that's a big rebound for for the aztecs offensive line in particular so even if you know the running game was a little more modest than than it had been at certain junctures throughout the season you know they still got greg bell to over 100 yards 100. first yes. time in a while i believe a couple weeks a couple games yeah, you know, between him and Chance Bell, you know, they averaged, you know, a little over four yards of carry. It's so not spectacular, but it was enough to get the job done. And then, you know, elsewhere, when when the offense did stall, you know, Matt Ariza was able to do his thing and the defense was able to make it stand up. So one and nine on third down defensively against UTSA. So while it was definitely, you know, a game with some really unexpected individual performances, you know, I would say also that it was definitely a team effort that ultimately put them over the top, especially on the offensive side of the ball. What
1: um, I didn't realize this because this game is a while ago, but did you see the penalty issues they've had again? Yes. 14 for freaking 124. It's like It wasn't, it wasn't great. N- that's been like multiple weeks. Like how many 15-yard penalties did they have against Utah State? Like three or four. Like this is a – could be an issue going, like, next year going forward. Like, it's it's a weird thing. End of the season, whatever, games are over, but this isn't a one-time thing. This mm. is a couple of games this year where they're just having – I don't, honestly don't recall the penalties, but if you have 14-4 and 24, it's probably good at least four of those are just dumb, stupid penalties. I feel like there
2: was at least a couple of them that were a little ticky-tacky, though.
1: I think especially with,
2: especially with the 15-yarders. Like, I think there was a rough-in the passer with uh, – I think it was Jalil Leckie uh, in the second half that was sort of – a little bit iffy, I guess you would say. Yeah. But, but it also so wasn't if, like UTSA was able to escape those issues themselves. You know, they had no, no, they nine penalties for 80 yards themselves. So, yeah, nothing. Not good either. <laughs> no.
1: So, like, what do we say about this team? Because Lucas Johnson leaves. Well, I know you've been playing catch up on the transfer portal tracker we have on the website because it's just crazy. Because remember, this is the first year where you can, first offseason, I should say, where you can leave without any penalty, mm-hmm. where you can play right away. So, besides. What? Also, do we mention Jesse Matthews at all? He had a pretty good game too. Do we need to he bring did. up him? 112 oh, yeah. ca- catches, 130.
2: Yeah, pretty pretty decent game.
1: He's he was under the radar, so like he's like I know Aztecs don't throw a ton, but his efficiency, like he's similar to like Air Force does a little bit, but a little bit obviously more volume for him is his way. Where when he gets going, like the percentage of his catches to yards f- f- for the team is pretty high. Mm-hmm. Like, he had half the yards himself catching, receiving. Oh, yeah. And so that's obviously a guy. So what I'm going to do I'm gonna do this with, like, our bowl, like, winners and, like, who had big bowl games. First off, um, we'll get to it later, but uh, there's a certain Twitter account that won bowl season altogether, possibly. We'll get to it later. Okay. But <laughs> Jesse Matthews is up there. for And Lucas Johnson, out of this game, they're my two nominees of being, like, I don't know how I'm going to do I might just do best performances. I might be best quarterback overall. But these two guys are clearly in the running for the best – QB and wide receiver so far. Fair. Anybody else I should add to this game? I don't, Yeah, nothing crazy. Shout out to CJ Baskerville with the interception in that game. And nine tackles. Yeah, I love the team there. So there's that. So just wanted to bring it up as well. So why does Lucas Johnson transfer? Is he not guaranteed to be the starter next year? Like, what's the point? Because he clearly had his best game of his career. They beat a good opponent. He played well, three touchdowns, no interceptions, 333 passing yards. He's mobile and can run a little bit, and that will help not just him. I know he only had 15 yards; He had four touchdowns. Excuse me. He had the rushing one, too. Like, he can run just enough to help everything out. Why does he go somewhere else? Are they they assuming um, Jordan Brookshire is going to take over, like retain a a starting position?
2: I mean, I I have to imagine that Brookshire is going to have something to say about the, the quarterback composition one way or another going into next spring. But it's not like they don't have young guys coming up either. You know, they have Will Haskell, who a lot of Aztecs fans, at least on Twitter, are very high upon. You know, they just signed a very highly touted quarterback prospect in their most recent recruiting class. And so... I mean, I'll, it seems strange. Which, which again, he's not the only guy who put up huge numbers in a bowl game and then decided to say peace to the program and to a program right. in the Mountain West. Uh, that There's other reasons for that. We'll program. get to you later. But <laughs> there I are seven think... total players, eight total players to leaving the
1: SEC program. But yeah. his is interesting because he's him and Jordan Brookshire are at, at worst, or even at the very worst. If you want to be as mean as possible, they're even. Mm-hmm. I,
2: yeah, I, I mean, don't know. I don't. I mean, the optics are a little bit strange. But, you know, the player movement seems to be more of a, and, it, and it's hard for me to wrap my head around just because I, I'm not like in the building. I'm not, a, I'm not an athlete. And so I don't know like kind of what everything, what goes into the decision-making. But it seems like, you know, the, the kind of open movement or you might, I don't know if you want to call it like the, the equivalent of open borders, you might say, where there's just more opportunity to compete now if, right. you're, if you're a competent athlete than there has been even like four or five years ago, and so I think we, I think one of the lessons of the early offseason is that you know young athletes aren't shy about taking their chances and and showing what, and, and putting their what what they think that they're worth onto what you might call the proverbial open market. And so, okay, i will ask you a quick question here. Okay, if, if assuming Lucas Johnson plays college football next year, how many years will he have played if he plays next year? It's like two or three, right? Seven. Oh, okay. Twenty twenty two. He wouldn't be. He wouldn't be alone in that regard.
1: No, no. But I mean, I get now with extra year for COVID, six seems. It's not out of the ordinary because he had a medical red shirt as well. Mm-hmm. That's why extra year for COVID, you get for a free year to play. If you typical red shirt, so it's not like seven's out of the ordinary because everybody can now basically going from last year for the next what four or five years can play six full years essentially mm-hmm. with the red shirt five So that's not out of the ordinary. It's like, well, it's just context. It's just last year to play. So I don't, I'm wondering if they're like, I'm not going to blame him If he feels a, a better opportunity elsewhere, what this brings up, well, we'll talk about this Wyoming and other teams like Hawaii and everything we discussed coaches can't just be dictatorish or authoritarian. Like I'm going to be, you can't do anything or you're stuck here no matter what, I'm going to block you. Like here all these coaches. will they're blocked from 87 of the 120 FBS programs. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like, or it's like every team in the conference, every team in the future schedule. Oh, you're from Texas. Any school in Texas, you can't go play for either. It's like, come yeah. on, that's like 15 schools. And coaches need to realize like players also as well. It's not just the players go. Cause just cause you go to the portal doesn't mean there's going to be a scholarship on either end. You could be mm-hmm. stuck like, oh crap, I'm going to go play. FCS or not play at all. So there's a risk of going to go out there, and maybe come back because even say Caleb Williams, Oklahoma is like, well, I'm testing the portal. I'm going to leave. Maybe i will come back. I don't know. Oklahoma could be upriver, river sort of because um, Spencer Allers is South Carolina, Caleb Williams who can't, clearly be the starter, but Brett Venerables is a defensive coach coming from Clemson. That may, may not be who he wants to play for. You had, who was it today? The UCF quarterback, um, Dylan Gabriel. Uh, G- he was at UCLA. Now, where'd he go to? He, tra- he switched he somewhere to else. Oklahoma. Oh, that's where it was, Oklahoma? Okay. Mm-hmm. So, maybe that had something to do with it as well. And so, I know he was going to UCLA, which, whatever. But the movement's fine. It's one time. Like, even Dabo Sweeney, Swin- who I don't agree with a ton, I sort of agree with what he's saying here, where you could earn that year in the back end, which is good for players who may not be NFL prospects or fringe guys who want to play every year. Because – Technically uh, you are going for school and college and all that type of stuff. And even though you had Dwayne was it, Dwayne, Dwayne Haskett to him coming not to play school, whatever it was yeah. a couple years ago. But <laughs> there there might be some tweaks to this. Look, I'm not if they move one time, that's fine. Great. But I do I can understand that. So where oh, you need to graduate to get to your back. That that's not unreasonable either, I don't think. Like if you were to go to a new school, like it would be like it is last year, oh, I'm transferring from San Diego State to Texas State or something. You need to sit out the year, but you can get basically your redshirt year, but you can get that year back to play. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's not unrealistic, but players need to realize it's not always green right on the other side. Yeah. And Lucas Johnson had one good game on for being honest, overall, fairly mediocre quarterback, nothing amazing. He had flashes here or there. So what type of quarterback is he? He, he seems that he could throw well in this game, which is weird that Brady Hoke and everybody and wanted to throw the ball as much as they did. I don't know what type of landing spot he's looking for. Like, he was in a pretty good spot unless coaches were like, you're not going to be guaranteed the starter because we want to give Jordan Brookshire or Will Haskell a chance. So, I don't know. There's seven other players along with him transferring, and there's a billion reasons. I'm not going to fault a guy, but be cautious and make sure you know what you're doing because there's all the – they're quitting after one year. I didn't get. It's like the Dr. Pepper commercial. I played no stats, whatever. I'm in the portal, blah, 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 Mm -hmm. blah. I need my time to shy, or whatever he jives to the the with uh, Bosworth and all that type of stuff there. But this isn't what Lucas Johnson says. He's played enough so people know who he is. Yeah. But it's just this one is a lot of, I could say a lot of them surprised me. This one's kind of a little bit more in the high end because Aztecs uh, are always good. Mm-hmm. He played well. He's shown to play well. I think he's a good fit for this team. Jesse Matthews is going to be back again for another year. So you got a good receiving group, at least one guy at the top who's what would be. I don't have to look at the rosters, but potential first-team all-conference wide receiver next year. Like, I, I, there must be something else to it about why he wants to transfer. So, hopefully he finds a place where that suits him well and he can play one more year. Fingers crossed. So, I don't know. Anything else, like, um, about this game or team or transfers? Because there's seven others, a couple offensive linemen, a few other guys like uh, Desmond Bessett, Joey, Cop- Joey Capra, Alassie Gunbury. Uh well, running back, B- B.J. is also
2: in the in the portal as well. He had three catches in the game for fifty. Okay, I'm just reading yards. something from reading something from the Tribune from right after the bowl game. So, but but I don't at know. the same but at the same time, you know, they're definitely in reload mode at this point down in San Diego, and I, I it, it's hard to say immediately that they're going to have the same kind of year again in 2022, just because. You know, they, they benefited from a lot of, you know, close game fortune, which is hard to replicate year after year.
0: Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach, you visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip, you ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new, you rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. It's only a kick. A jump.
2: A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. But, but at the same time, you know, they're reloading not only in terms of, you know, bringing in another really talented recruiting class, but, you know, just today, you are recording this on January 3rd, they brought in a grad transfer from Tulsa, Devin Lamp, who could, you know, come in and be an impact player in that front six right away next year. So, you know, even though they were having to replace Johnson, they're having to replace, you know, you know, someone like Busby, who's like a, you know, quality second or third target, Cameron Thomas, Matt Ariza, you know. We, we've talked about it, I think, with, with Boise State most explicitly in years past, but like this is a program that's earned the benefit of the doubt. And so while it's hard to say that they're going to go like what 12 and 2 again next year, and while they may not necessarily be like the, the, the conference favorites on paper right now at this moment, it, like you, I think that you would be hard pressed to count them out just based off of the recent track record. I think that Brady Hoke and the rest of that coaching staff have something really good going down there. Yeah, they've been good.
1: We don't even have the argument. This could be an off show, who's the best program. But I'll just yeah. say right now, the best brand is the Boise State. I don't encourage you to tell me. You can't convince me otherwise at the moment. But it's a lot closer between Fresno State, who if we're going to – we can do our stupid bowl prediction early show, maybe after the next show. But at the moment, I believe this Tribune article is a bit not dated, but it's only a couple days old actually, December 29th. So it's what, four or five days old? Only Mm -hmm. zero players have left a portal. Like there was Jordan Mims had the tweet out today. You had Jay Cater staying in town. You have all these guys who want to stay with Jeff Tedford. Because a lot of these guys were there when he was there. I'd put them at maybe my early number one team at the moment, Fresno Mm -hmm. State. But Aztecs are like, the conference is getting better. And that's why Boise State, who has been really, really amazing, they're not... In the whack anymore, they're not playing San Jose State wasn't very good, or when Fresno was down, or Utah State was really bad, like those type of things where they're winning 58 to 22 or something. 58 to 10, everybody's getting better, and plus, Air Force has always been good. You have San Jose State's past decades been improving. Like, it's it's not necessarily that they're not as talented, there's just teams that are catching up to them, aren't as good, you know what I mean? Like, maybe yeah. the talent's exactly the same. Different coaches make a difference on Chris Peterson forever, but. Let's just say hypothetical the talent's exactly the same. Well, everybody else is getting better, so that's part of it too. But mm-hmm. uh, should we go on to the next game here that we have? The uh Potato Bowl. Wyoming 52, Kent State 38. I love this bowl game. It was so fun to watch, so exciting to watch. You had running plays. You had passing. You had anything you wanted in this game. You had Levi Williams going crazy. That 80-yard touchdown run was amazing, 52-38. You had um, Justin Crum trying to run. He's not the best guy at quarterback, but he threw for 300 plus yards, four TDs for Kent State. They had all these guys running like crazy. Marquez Cooper. You had Brad Brian Bradford. So many big plays. Crum had did end up with 70 yards somehow rushing. <laughs> this game had everything. It was that middle second and third quarter essentially what Wyoming got it done. Like they played one of their best games. Of the year. defensively yeah, a little bit to be desired, but they've had games like this, like the NIU get. Gave up what 40 some points mm-hmm. they beat Utah State recently. I don't know what got into Wyoming for this game offensively the past couple games because they had the Kent State game and is weird, it's a weird game. There's a why, but they beat the crap out of Utah State. Yeah. like they're a weird team go off back and forth when, when they can score, when they can't score. You want to remember what, they barely beat know what UConn. got into this team? What they want out of town? They want no, no. a quality wait, wait, they want a good tape for their transfer
2: options. No, what got into this Wyoming team is they got to play against this Kent State defense. Okay, there's that too. <laughs> that defense is terrible. Well, as you
1: clearly, as they allowed 411
2: like, rushing yards. Like, you know, my calculus for this game, and we talked about it, I remember thinking, like, I knew that the defense was going to be bad. I thought, but I thought, and I, but I also thought that Wyoming's offense would have maybe a little bit of harder time winning a track beat. And, and I certainly didn't expect him to do it in the way that they did where, you know, Williams blew up as a, as a dual threat quarterback, you know, running for 200 yards and throwing, you know, completing nine of 11 passes and, and and not even needing to do that much through the air, like, you know, 127 passes or passing yards, excuse me. Um, but, you know, a couple of chunk plays made up the majority of that. You know, Isaiah Nair had a 42-yard play. Um, and then what did he, he had another one that was like 20 yards later on. And that was basically like half his passing yardage right there. So it it was just sort of strange to watch because it was like, you know, we've seen this Wyoming offense look unstoppable before. And we've seen, you know, the defense struggle at times to keep really strong offenses from putting up points themselves, but we have not seen them, you know, win this kind of back and forth offensive battle very often. And so I think you know the shame of it is, like you mentioned, you know, like they're, they're all of a sudden facing a lot of de- you know, defections themselves up in Laramie. So the shame of it is that we aren't really going to get an opportunity to see whether they can build on that in the future. Because I think this was maybe the best possible proof that Craig Bull could have generated that like his offensive system can work. But, but, now, yeah. but now he's going to have to do it with a new quarterback. <laughs> he's going to have to do it with a new number one receiver. He's going to have to backs. do it, you know, a brand new run. It's it's so it's like, it's, and, and oh, by the way, like his best <laughs> defender is also moving on to the NFL ranks too. So it's it's sort of a... Like stuck between a rock and a hard place, I guess you might say. Because you, know, under normal circumstances, you might think like, yeah, Wyoming should be really, really good about this kind of positive momentum that they built for themselves in this game. Less
1: than twenty-four
2: hours later, half the team left. Yeah, like that's it's, a problem. It's not great.
1: <laughs> We're gonna discuss this more with Buddy Jesse. He's gonna hop on. I'm gonna chat with him. I'm not sure when I'll post it, but we're doing it this – we're going to chat tomorrow, but I may post it in the week on Friday because we have a basketball show as well, not to inundate defeat early on. But so I'll let you – I'll kind of hold back my thoughts a little bit just because I'll have a lot more Mm -hmm. time. But Craig Bull, like it's what I said before. Coach – It's and we'll get with Todd Graham. It's always coaches like it's not that you need to be buddy with your players, but you need to realize – and then there's also, I'm not going to mention this guy's name. You can find him on Twitter and muted him. He's a longtime Wyoming writer, which maybe Jesse will call him out in the next show. But he, there's these guys who I know because who I work with, not that I work directly, but in the area here in Salt Lake who have covered a team or the area for so long. They're like, I'm part of the team. I know more of you no matter what I've been here. That's not always the case, buddy. And like, have you ever been to Wyoming or whatever? Because, yeah, you. it's not, it doesn't have to be five wide streaks and play Madden. You know what I mean? Like going all mm-hmm. four verts Madden or pull Mike Leach or Nick Rolovich or some um, some exciting offense that goes crazy past the ball. You don't need a Bob Stitt type of offense or something very unique or amazing or crazy or even the other extreme going pending much a triple option. You don't need something like that. What you need is because they don't allow, allow these guys to throw enough. Because I was going through and like, well, because we, we talked about this for years with Josh Allen. Like, how is he not? He's that freaking MVP of the Bills. His his weather conditions in Buffalo are not much different than Laramie, right? Swirling mm-hmm. winds, cold weather, snow, blistering cold, freezing. There's not that much different. It's pretty similar, to be honest. Mm-hmm. He throws the ball and completes the ball. He had Brian Hill, he had NFL wide receiver, NFL tight end, NFL offensive line. He could barely complete 56% of his passes. Even that year, they were, I was looking through because I was having an argument. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna get this stuff right. They were six or seven, I, I know, eighth as a team and like passing attempts per game, but Allen himself, was like fifth or sixth overall, because he did, he missed a couple games here or there. Even his best, and the guys' argument come back. Well, nobody gave a, him a scholarship. He had to walk on here, even Fresno down the street. Fireball didn't want him. It's like, cool, good, but if he's that good as you pumping him up, maybe your team should actually win the conference title and not win 13, win 14 games. And he's a starting quarterback in two years. Mm-hmm. So you got like, it could be an offensive thing. I don't know exactly why they're leaving, but it makes a little sense. Cause you have chambers and Williams leaving. Levi Williams is going to Utah state, which is a weird move. QB three is his future. There, it looks like with Blake Anderson behind Cooper, Lega and, um, um, Oh, geez not Peasley but, um, Logan Bonner, excuse me. Mm-hmm. But, I'm just wondering, it's like your offense doesn't need to be super exciting or explosive. Well, those are two different things, but you don't need to pull out Urban Meyer when he does the spread and anything. But it's like allow him to throw 18, 17 times a game consistently. Like Levi Williams, like when they were going back and forth the past couple of years, I remember when Levi Williams, didn't he come in off the bench and beat Colorado State, played a bowl game, and threw the ball pretty well? They have Isaiah N- are like he's gone. He's really good. They have receivers on this team, so – are they just afraid to throw the ball? I know they had Valade and T- Swen there because Ty- Titus Swen's leaving too. I don't because we we've seen Valade. I know I said i good able to let you talk about dominating, but like Valade had 20 plus carries a game. Like they could be a run first team, but throw the ball a little bit more to get a little more excitement in town. Maybe that's what they want. I don't know, but everybody's leaving. And I think comes back to it's my way or the highway. Then Craig Bull puts out the help wanted ad on Twitter, which. Really, I know he's leaning into what he really
2: wants and needs, but dude, come on. It's,
1: okay, can I just good. can
2: I just say because I don't think I I don't think I got a chance to put it out there on social media. I don't no. have a problem with that. I don't either, but it also looks desperate, though. I mean, I don't. I mean, I would. I mean, I, two weeks ago, I might have agreed, but then you know we just talked earlier very briefly about Caleb Williams potentially leaving through the portal from Oklahoma, and Oklahoma mm-hmm. just put out a statement
0: about AG like oh we, we
2: develop quarterbacks we win more games here ah, no they the don't country. develop quarterbacks they they do the portal Jalen
1: Hurts come on all these guys that come in no that's false they well, do not just, develop quarterbacks i'm just
2: saying like they, they you know, pull they, from a transfer I portal i don't have like the exact <laughs> words that they used i remember they you know they have a winning tradition blah 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 yes, so yes. i'm like if you're seeing oklahoma say something like that then maybe this just maybe this is just the new way of doing business when it comes to dealing it might with might be portal but i think it, you know I, I think it's easy to focus on the offense just because that i would say has been the thing that has held them back more often than not throughout the last few years but to me what's more concerning are the losses on defense because you know muma's moving on he's you know he's going to the nfl probably NFL, yeah um but you know keon Blankenbaker was already in the portal Mm-hmm. CJ Colden and Azizi Hearn, which by the way, those are your two starting cornerbacks, both in the portal. Now, you know, Solomon bird might be on the way out. Some other guys, you know, there was some rumblings. I don't think we've seen anything more recently than that, but it's, it's, it's hard to square that just because that side of the ball has been a little, so more good. Yeah. And I would say that that has been the side of the ball that has really spearheaded what objectively has been the most successful stretch that this program has had in like 20 years. Like the Wyoming hasn't been this successful since Joe Tiller and Dana Dimel. And so, but, but at the same time, it's really hard not to think that they missed their window this year because we knew coming into the year, and this was true of a lot of, a lot of Mountain West teams, but especially of these Cowboys, that this was the most experienced team in the conference and they did not play up to expectations. And I have to wonder how much of that, you know, pl- you know, comes down to that kind of whatever internal conflict that individual athletes were feeling about. Whatever we're trying to do here, I don't think it's working for me anymore.
1: There could be that because like Validant, like he, I didn't re- I thought he's NFL. I know he's putting it potentially transfer. He can do either, mm-hmm. but he's ultimately in rusher. Or second behind, excuse me, second behind Brian Hill. He wouldn't, ca- he might even, he probably could have even caught Brian Hill. He was just over like a thousand and like what, 10 yards or something, 1014 behind Brian Hill. So I, I don't know, man. It's, it's weird because I don't know. We don't know exactly what it is. It's a coachy thing because maybe he's, a, a, we see seen where Craig Bull is. Like he's a hard, non, no nonsense guy. Maybe, like I said, maybe people don't play like that, but. The offense of not being creative enough, but like if you're valid, dude, you're running. You get as many carries as you want. It, I mean, why are you leaving? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like he had twenty plus. I know maybe Swen came in and vultured a couple of carries here or there. Like we saw the last couple of games where it was more even. But I don't know if it's a coaching thing. Like they don't like playing for him, or they want to get out of town because there's always the well. Here's the thing: coaches will say whatever they want to get you in town. Now they can't do that anymore. Because before you were stuck, they could block you, you had to lose a year, you sit out of here. Now, if coaches aren't truthful and honest and maybe even encouraging about what their prospects are, guys are going to go. I don't know why these upperclassmen are going because I don't think that fits the same narrative. But if you're a youngish guy, it's like year two and like, oh, you know, you're coming in and start right away. It's like all these promises coaches do just to keep you to you know, stay. But if you're promised a playing time and you're not getting it, and what that could be the player not getting better or a million other circumstances, coaching changes, position coach changes. You're just, you're, you maybe you're not getting better yourself, but like, oh, you're good. You're, you're fine. You're going to play, we promise. And then you play like 10 snaps your freshman or sophomore year. It's like, why would I stay? Because the coaches need to be more upfront with what they're telling these guys. And maybe because they're, they're all, they're all used they all use car sales them and they want you in town.
2: They'd rather have you and not play the ghost somewhere else and play. Yeah, and I mean I think, you know, the other thing to keep in mind too is like it's a difficult situation, yeah. But I don't think it's as difficult as some of the other situations that we've seen pop up across the conference in recent weeks. Like, I don't think it's as difficult as Hawaii just because mm-hmm. there's there's no indication that Craig Bull is the same kind of, like, authoritarian jerk that that Todd Graham seems to have been painted as, you know. Not, not as not much, no, clearly. Not only really with the Warriors, but, like, we we kind of knew, like, you know, there's, you know, people call him a carpetbagger. Yeah, D- totally. <laughs> and And th- there's no indication that, like, Bowl has that problem. You know, there were there were you know coaches on staff who were you know show support on social media, and even some of the players who chose to stay, like they've said, you know, similar saying like we're okay, we're ready to keep working and make this thing work. And so, I think the situation there is not necessarily one where, like you know, it's it's going to be interesting to see how they treat the off season. Like, do they do what they need to do to keep the competitive window open and hit the transfer portal hard, or? Do they focus on recruiting from the long term and maybe have something of a harder reset in twenty twenty two, where maybe they fall back into a you know a two in ten type twenty fifteen campaign? Oh, but yeah. then you know if it's you know they get trials by fire out of the way next fall and they reopen the competitive window for more than just an extra year in two years from now. But I think, but I, I think he has the benefit of the doubt one way or the other. Maybe I don't know. I've heard different
1: things about him being not as extremist Todd Graham, but that same neighborhood. Like he's around the corner.
2: You know I, mean, I mean, I think, I think if, he is, if he has been slow to adapt in recent seasons, that is not the worst crime in the world. But I think, he's, no. I think he and the program are aware of that. I, I which will is, say which this. Is uh, why you, which is why you do things like say, we want players from the transfer portal to come here.
1: Yeah. Here's the thing too about going back to, we'll move on because me and Jess have talked more about this. But the reason that tweets kind of not, like to not a bad idea. It's fairly creative. It's also not really true because, Hey, you come here, you'll be future NFL MVP quarterback, a top 10 pick. What has shown them since Josh Allen left that they could do anything besides to bungle their quarterback situation. There's been no proof, no on-field exempl- exempl- exemplary good play of a passing quarterback who could sniff the NFL since he left. They have not developed quarterbacks. Josh Allen, it could have been like, I don't want to say it's a fluke. he, They gave him the opportunity, which is more than any other team was willing to give him, and he did show what he could do. And, again, remember, Josh Allen only got to play because whoever's ahead of him got hurt or something. Like, all these guys, like, there's circumstances for him to actually play. Mm -hmm. So it's not like he came in, and which he wouldn't have come in to be this main guy because, again, I think walk-on or only scholarship off or whatever. Like, so since he was there, what has shown any potential quarterback, recruit, commit, transfer, Anybody want to come to town? Hey, Wyoming's a good place to be a quarterback. Nothing, and so the tweet is using again. I'll make make it like I did. Josh Allen say it's okay. Did the Bill say it's okay to use that image? Probably not. They just did it. Asked for permission later. Like whatever is just Wyoming, but nothing has proven to me or to anybody that since Josh Allen's left, they can develop any sort of quarterback. Mm-hmm. So that's also a. I get what they're doing, but it's also patently false.
2: I get what you're right? saying. I'm just—it's—it's—it's like, just... mean, I, it's, it's a perilous road to, to 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 walk, I guess I would say. And I take—I take your, point I, I, I I take your point. I take your point that the development hasn't been there consistently. Like we've seen flashes there... of it, we but we haven't seen it like week in and week out. You're you're too kind. <laughs> there has been times they played well, yes, but. The overall
1: development has not been there, in my opinion. So. so
2: I guess we'll just have to wait and see. That's fine.
1: Next game, Western Michigan, Nevada. Get to know your backups. And um, how many times they mentioned Nate Cox is super tall? He stopped counting at five on our Twitter feed. Yeah, <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was a lot. It was lazy analysis. Come on, man. Get over it.
2: Yeah. fifty-two I mean, twenty-four
1: 24 Western it, Michigan. I'm talking about them, ESPN, broadcasters, find yeah. something new to talk about.
2: But all, but also, like you know, to, to be fair to them, the, the Wolfpack, and, and this is not necessarily their fault. No, no, nor is it the fault of the coaching staff. They were so depleted by departures that it yeah. seemed pretty early, or pre- evident pretty early, that they just weren't going to be able to keep up and operate the same way that they were before.
1: Yeah, they the Nacox did what he could. Yeah, had Towata, his cousin, correct? Was it interim coach? Uh, is that how v- it is?
2: Vitawa? I believe so. Yeah,
1: Vitawa, and so it's like. There was this was a tough game to watch. It's it's great seeing new guys come in, but like when they barely get to practice, you have no coaching staff, and ton of players go to uh, Fort Collins to follow Jay Norvell. Like you did have like a couple of good players. Like Trevor Price had a pretty big game, thirteen tackles. You had like uh, you had a couple of guys like Lawson Hobbs, TFL and a half a sack. Couple things here there, but overall, this was a loss. Cox from the beginning because the running game was non-existent. The Kincaid had hundred plus yards, couple of TDs. You had the huge run. And then over hundred yards from uh, Sean Tyler, there they they don't wish Michigan get into
2: pass. They scored fifty two points. I think what was what was more disappointing to me was like, yeah, the offense was hit really hard by by departures. The defense was pretty much intact, though. And they didn't have Don Peterson, right? He was not there. They, he was. He was in the starting lineup.
1: He did not record. Oh, he recorded one tackle. Good job. I, yeah. I thought he didn't play. Yeah, they, they, basi-
2: they basically had their entire starting lineup on defense and offered zero resistance to the Broncos.
1: Okay. I was looking for his name and like because it's been a long time since I watched the game. Like, did he play? Like scroll and, down. And, and a time. lot of that,
2: and a lot of that came down to some of the issues that had sort of crept up over and over again throughout the year, which was they they had no ability to stop the run in this game. And, and that's where you end up with, you know, two different guys. You mentioned Jackson Kincaid, ironically, a former Nevada Wolfpack running back himself, running for over 100 mm-hmm. yards, and you know his running mate Sean Tyler running for 146. And, and so it was just like once once that became apparent, it was like it, you know that's where you get to announcers having to sort of fill the airtime with something a little more interesting than whatever's happening on the field because you know Kyle Belby who I thought would have a, a bigger game through the air you know that's where he ends up with the stat line where he's only 8 of 14 for 162 yards but even with that like he had a 74-yard touchdown in the first quarter um and his other touchdown was a 20-yarder so like you know they they didn't need to do much through the air but that's because they were just pounding them between the tackles and Nevada couldn't stop them
1: yeah that. There's a lot of, like this you see some new guys in offense, but in defense overall. But yeah, the defense, that's kind of just, you're right, very disappointing. Where it could be too a coaching thing, like what's going on in those type of areas, like who's out there <clears throat> calling the plays and everything. But it's also hard to get up when half your teammates are gone, your coach is gone, and most of your staff is gone too. Mm-hmm. So I is there any much more take about the game because he's got their butt kicked and anything good to say about Nate Cox besides him being six foot
2: what, nine, six foot eight or something? <laughs> he's six foot nine for the record. I mean I think okay. yeah I mean it's it's hard to take any sweeping takeaways or even maybe even any small takeaways from this game but and I think that sort of speaks to sort of the larger point where you know th- there's been a lot of talk about like the Pac 12 going 0 for 5 in in bowl season and you know you you hear the the refrain of like you know you don't want to take anything away from bowl season like it doesn't actually mean all that much and I think especially in a case like Nevada where like we knew coming into this game that it was it was a really steep uphill climb that, you know, now you, you hit the reset button, you got guys graduating, you got guys moving on. Like we knew about Carson Strong. And I think, you know, we knew about Romeo Dubs, uh, you know, Burdale Robbins, I think he declared for the NFL draft today, if I'm not mistaken today or yesterday, I forget exactly when. So, you know, now you turn the page, you know, you start focusing on the next recruiting class, which is looking a little rosier than it did the last time we talked about it a couple of weeks ago. And you see what Ken Wilson and the rest of that coaching staff can build up. And so we'll, we'll obviously know a lot more when spring practices roll around, but I think all things considered, you know, it wasn't the greatest performance, but, you know, give them credit too, because they, they never quit on this game. You know, the, the, the guys, and, and I think that's a credit where like, yeah, they, out, they got out gained like two to one in terms of total yardage and they, what they averaged, you know, under five yards per play, four and a half yards per play, but they kept battling, you know, they got a touchdown in every quarter, you know, they they tried to be balanced in a way that they weren't always under Jay Norvell, Bell. And so, you know, that's where you end up with both Devontae Lee and Toa Tawa scoring a touchdown on the ground. Jamal Bell had a nice game, seven catches on 10 targets for a touchdown. And so, you know, you might be able to see the beginnings of whatever comes next under Wilson and company, but we'll, we'll talk more about that later. Definitely. Anything else, but there's nothing else I want to add about this game. It's just um, backups
1: got to play valuable play in time. We'll see how it goes with uh, new head coach, um, Ken Wilson. Exactly. Um, Air For- I guess it, I well, no, it's correct. Air force, Louisville. We'll go to this game. One of the few schools not have transfers as far as we know, because I think at the Academy you have to be out by your sophomore year or you're kind of stuck. Yeah. So literally Literally the Air Force, 3120 over Louisville. Has Ezek Daniels, 252 yards. Do you know what his QB rating was? He was nine of 10.
2: I'm looking at it right now 367.7. That
1: sounds pretty good. It doesn't say here what I'm looking at. So, but him, and then you had, oh, of course, Brandon Lewis, 72-2 TDs. The announcers were baffled. Like, where is this team coming from? Like, you guys have not watched Air Force, and so I'll have you this year. But, and Brad, was... Brad Lewis had 620
2: yards all year. Come on. And what was what was really interesting though. 30 yards of catch, guys. Come on. Get on it. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. What was really interesting to me was that Louisville actually did a much better job of keeping the ground game in check than I would have suspected. And that's oh, ironic. Very. And that's ironic considering they only had you know four TFLs in that game. You know, they like their one kind of stand-up performer on the defense side of the ball was Yasir you know, Abdullah, who had, you know, one back and three TFLs. So mm-hmm. you know, he had a pretty good afternoon but you know Brad Roberts didn't necessarily go off in the same way that they that he had at times throughout the year. You know he had 20 carries, you know obviously yeah. shouldered most of the load, only had 77 yards on the ground though.
1: No big plays, long of 10, long of yeah, 14 really. for the team with
2: Lewis. Yeah, and so the, you know they were able to you know chip away a little bit. You know, but in terms of like yards per play, they were like they only averaged I think what, 3.4 yards per play after adjusting for sacks. But their rushing success rate, they, they were actually outdone in terms of rushing success rate by Louisville, 46% to 40. And so I think that that's sort of interesting because, you know, they needed those big plays through the year to, to sort of make up for that shortcoming. And, you know, his Zeke Daniels, I think that was sort of the big question we were waiting to answer all year long was, you know, can he, get the, can he throw the ball consistently through the air? Because we'd seen it in flashes but he hadn't been as consistent with it as, as much as Donald Hammond had been, you know, when he was torching defenses left and right back in 2019. And so I look at this game and I think, okay, this is what I've been waiting to see if I'm a Falcons fan from Daniels, a quarterback, you know, not only in terms of his ability to throw the ball down the field, you know, Mm he, he had Lewis wide open and, 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 and Lewis made, you know, defenders pay for it. You know, there was the one touchdown he had where he broke, broke four ankles on two little, de, little defensive backs to get to the end zone. But, you know, it was just, you know, even making, you know, the not as tough throws was something that he hadn't always done successfully. But, you know, in this game, that's exactly what they needed him to do. So like, you know, they were 8 of 14 on on, on third downs in this game and a, a not insignificant Amount of credit for that should go to Daniels because he was two of three in the situations on third and long. You know they had a, a third and ten. You know we had a 64 yarder later on, third and 14 when they needed a play to kind of close out the you know the third quarter. Third and 14, they get 15 yards to Dane Kinneman. Like that's not the kind of play they were always getting this year, but I think that that speaks volumes about the potential that you know he's ha- that he has always possessed. And I think that if you're looking forward to 2022, if you're a Falcons fan, I think you have a lot of confidence in in all the guys that are going to be able to come back on this on this team. Exactly, go to the bowl win You beat a okay Louisville team.
1: Um, yeah, who they have returns like the Teams always are like it's a what Troy Kalen does. They are very rarely are not like a bull eligible team. Yeah, like Brad all these guys you mentioned coming back. Brad Roberts returning, really good, good not quarterback, running back. Excuse mm. me. You have all these guys. Or you have Ezekiel. Z- Daniels, was like, they. I mentioned earlier, like Air Force. Or excuse me, Fresno State might be the team to beat. Air Force with who they have returning, specifically like on offense. Like they. I know Utah State has some guys coming back too, but they should be up there as well to be considered for a contender within the conference with their top top players coming back on offense. Excuse me, in offense and the defense. Even going back from a couple years ago, like the Oregon slicer with the turnbacks, everything extra. They can still get so the good next year as well. I'm not sure how many are able to take advantage of or not, but at the very least, a lot of younger guys in 2020 got to play. Exactly, and so there's that. Mostly too. You know, I think you
2: know they they came into this year with you know just as many pressing questions as, as any other team in the conference. But I think they did a better job than just about anybody else in the conference of answering those big questions. And you know, you know, the offensive line maybe wasn't as elite as it had been in 2020, but it was still very, very good. And oh, by the way, I'm pretty sure all five starters are coming back, if I'm not mistaken. I don't have the depth chart in front of me, but I'm pretty sure that none of them are seniors. Um, so, you know, on that front, you know, and obviously they're going to be missing a, a couple of potential playmakers in the front seven. I think Jordan Jackson is moving on, if I'm not mistaken. Um but, you know, he's gone, but they they were able to have Vince Sanford come up. You know, they developed, you know, the safety tandem of the Taylors, you know, Trey and Corvin. Uh, you know, Camby Goff had a bigger role down the stretch. And so, you know, they put themselves in a position to, ju- you know, to just keep that competitive window open. And I, and I sort of look back at what I thought that their season might look like. And I think that I definitely sort of hedged a little bit too much for my own good when it comes to this Falcons team. I think they're going to be, they have the potential to be very good next year, I think. Yeah, they do. We'll like I said we'll do a probably an off-season
1: show later. But at the end of the uh you put out there the SP plus where mm-hmm. you put out the most recent ones. Um oh shoot, I just removed everything <laughs> I mentioned. <laughs> That's good for me. But where, where did where do they end up going? I had the tweet in front of me. I lost it. Where do they end up being final SP Plus? Uh, you know, I don't have that tweet in front of me either. Oh, no worries. Um, but they're Honestly, SP plus isn't really fair for Academy. So maybe not even go there because there's issues with them with have a, not necessarily with them, but the way the formula works and it dings them because recruiting is never good for them. And that always holds them back, but they're going to be good. Actually they, with they're coming back, they'll be good. Like mm-hmm. Jordan Jackson, he's done. Correct, I believe he. I had think so. Two yeah, TFLs in this game, so they're always good. Like if they if they want to throw a touch more, yeah, he's a senior, so probably gone. Yeah, um, whatever. COVID senior, who knows? But if they throw, not that they need to throw more, but let's say they allow him to throw ten times a game, and he's consistently about seven of ten, that could go a long way for this team being like really, really good. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, just a thought. Not that they do, but there's time to do. But if they want to throw a touch more, more yeah, why not? So, all right, that's all the bowl games we have. Mountain West, did they event, actually win the whatever best bowl conference thing, They right? did. They went five and one. Five and one. We had the Memphis and Hawaii Bowl canceled. So Memphis um, got the
2: trophy. Did they get the t-shirts too? Do you know? Uh, you know what? I don't know. I know that I know that Easy Post was giving away t-shirts, and they were joking about calling them vintage. Easy Post won won the uh, bowl season for me. Twitter There's leaned into it hard, and
1: whoever got to go to on site, heck, oh, geez, that's amazing. Go hang out, but they were what are they? Are they like a mortgage company or something. I don't even know. I just know Easy Post. That's all. I have but no idea. But they did a good job about commenting, documenting, having fun with it, getting in it with Reddit, CFB, and stuff like that. Duke Mayo, I think they got into as well. To another. Obvious uh, active Twitter Bowl Twitter account. Mm-hmm. But the game got canceled because Hawaii had not just transfers, but uh, COVID issues as well, about 20 plus players. So there's that to consider why the game got canceled. It kind of sucks Memphis practice and went out there, but you get to go to Hawaii. That's, I guess, better than what happened to, I guess, the NC State was pretty bad too, going to the Holiday Bowl and UCLA reportedly pulling out the stops to uh, leave Petco hours before this told anybody <laughs> so mm-hmm. there's that too um all there's to say about that about that team Hawaii um the coach's son is transferring as well so that doesn't help I had a great time there could be two, I either feel bad for him or he knows what's coming <laughs> not that a bad way because hey your dad's a jerk we don't like him he's getting picked on because your dad's an idiot we don't like him or he's getting too much better treatment they don't like the kid because the dad's <laughs> a coach so it's it's tough to play for your father at that, that level. And so he's probably like, I'm going to get out of town and not deal with that garbage. So I don't blame him at all, whether it's, hey, I'm getting treated better than I should, or I don't like the way I talk about my dad or whatever, but that's tough. So anything new in Hawaii about that stuff besides them being a complete mess? And, oh, the state legislator, state senate is going to have a hearing about Hawaii football. So there's that's that to look true. forward to in uh, this week, I think, early January?
2: Yes, I believe so. So, where's that? Anything else about to add for the Warriors? Uh, nothing else that immediately comes to mind, no. Um,
1: Boise State did not get to play in the Arizona Bowl. Good. Not that Boise State not get to play, but good the bowl game didn't happen. <laughs> because, you know, Matt, had it happened, New Year's Eve, going up against other playoff games, even though they weren't very good, that website would have had millions of viewers, I'm telling you, Matt. That's all I heard all, all on Twitter. Mm-hmm. That's all I heard about. Despite bowl games, if you're lucky, cracking a... Uh, well, maybe a million on some of these. Bowl. I know, I know, the ratings were pretty good for most of these middle-of-the-day bowl games. But I'm like, come on, no way. Yeah. So I'm not, I'm not too, I'm not crying too much for that game not happened. It sucks for the players if they had to play because I know Hank Bachemar had a meniscus thing; his knee got taken care of last past week or recently. But it is unfortunate they didn't get to play the bowl game. It's just the particular bowl game is garbage. Yeah. Um, and so Central Michigan, they're a big winners. They got what three million. Two million to go to the Sun Bowl, then also beat Washington State. I'm like, oh my goodness.
2: Not a bad go G-
1: Go McAlway. And in one of the more underrated, beautiful stadium views in the country, even though El Paso is kind of a dump. The Sun Bowl's a pretty cool stadium. Yeah. <laughs> Built right right in the side of the mountain there, Matt. Right there. Yeah. Um Boise. Good. Anything else to add about the Broncos uh, They're not they're, are there a transfer exodus in the blue turf? We're not aware of at the moment. Uh it seems not, like not that I'm aware of, no. <laughs> Okay. Anything else we need to add? I did my resolution. Anything else we need to get to that we're missing on the podcast today? I think
2: Any... We're all set.
1: Do you like my resolutions I did at all? Were you a fan of those? They're did pretty you solid, read? Yes. Okay. Did you like the book recommendation for Coach Graham? Uh, yes. I put, I'm i trying to pull up exactly. It's something about basically what being nice to people as out of this to be a calmer self. I believe Hold on, I'm going to pull these up. I did make some fun ones. I don't know. I tried to go through it to make it silly and fun. I put like... Um, the, oh go back to the Boise State thing. It was diff- Do you do you have a better one for Boise State's Boise State besides exercise more? The reason I put exercise more is because maybe they need to keep be more health conscious because George Telani's been hurt a lot. That's I felt that's lame. Anything else I could have been better of? I don't know. Hmm. That was a tough one. Everybody else was, yeah, I found stuff here and there. That's a, You know what? I'm gonna have to think about I wish you you're kind of put me on the spot here. It's okay. Like, I, I like my new skill or hobby for whole, Wyoming to learn the Ford pass.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> and I put in a video from Seeker Base about Teddy Roosevelt and how they threw the first pass. I'm like, we need to make this happen. Um, here it is, the book. <laughs> I, th- I just searched, like, self-help books. I don't even know if it's any good, but they got free pub. When sorry isn't enough from Coach Graham. Go read that book. <laughs>
2: well, I, I, <laughs> Making- I would have I recommended Emotional Intelligence by Daniel Goleman. That's good too, yeah. But it goes making things right
1: with those you love. So I thought there that was you good. go. Um, what else? Um, live life to the fullest. I put that for Air Force, I guess, just because why not? Utah State, keep on winning. That's always a good one. Keep it going. Uh, I do like to backhand a couple men, travel more for teams to make a bowl to make a bowl game, just because. Um, Or, <laughs> I do like. Okay, I'll, I I maybe I'm too funny about these. This is maybe not the best podcasting, but. I did like what I did was Google top resolution top New Year's Eve for New Year's resolutions. Yeah, yeah. It's like losing weight, save money, invest. Come on, it, invest in football. Spend more time with family and friends. I thought this is a good one too. San Diego State, you got people, you got recruits in town down the street. Keep them close. Come come to the, come to your new stadium, Snapdragon. They're already doing for, that though. I mean, do better. I'm. I'm I what I mean like okay. This sounds like a backhand compliment, but I mean, like, where they could be like a legit top fifteen, top twenty team every year.
2: That's I mean, what I mean. You like never the, know. You never know. With I'm just saying at the moment.
1: All. All. That's where I'm getting now. I'm gonna say they're not quite there yet. They'll get ranked here, or there. They've gotten the was it three years and thirty wins a couple of years ago when they beat Cincinnati and Houston, yeah. like getting to that level, but a touch higher. Where when they get ten wins, they're getting the boost or the respect. Of being ranked number seventeen or whatever, and not twenty-four. Yeah. So it's not necessarily on them to. They've proved that they're good clearly, but they need we need the voters to. Hey, they're ten and two again. They're eleven and two again. They've been a the conference championship again. Oh, maybe they really are a fourteenth ranked team when they're ten and two. You know what I mean? Or eleven yeah. and two. That's what I'm getting at. But there's enough talent there where they can. There's a chance where they can even get more and be better. That's what I'm getting at. I got you. so I'm not trying to be rude, but I'm just saying like there's a that's always been a thing. Oh, they're this great team out west, which they are beating back 12 schools. Part of it's the respect they're not really getting. And so that's what I'm kind of getting at. So, gotcha. Um, I don't know. Get it organized. Hawaii, Nevada, Wyoming, Hawaii. Come on, guys, get it together. There you go. So, I don't know. There's a handful. Go read that. It, a lot of people shared it and read it. So, I thought that was kind of a fun thing to do. But uh, I think we're done. How long have we gone? I don't have the timer for me. Have we gone an hour plus? I'm guessing. Probably. Just about. Probably. That's about, it's our typical time, right? One hour. Give or take. So, that's it for today. Check our podcast feed. Also, MWR, MWR.com. Our, what's our season schedule, Matt? Basically, once a week, I think. Essentially, is what it is. Yeah. We'll do, we'll do, we'll be doing basketball about, about once a week. We'll be doing this about once a week. Um, hit us up on Twitter, MWC for any topics you want us to get to. I think there might be some offshoots. Like I'm talking with our one of our Wyoming guys, Jesse, to hop on. We might do a couple dives, like what's going on in Colorado State with a few people we know out there. So I might have some random other shows as well. But uh, let's get some ideas because, as you like to say, Matt's a
2: long offseason and we got to we got to carry everybody along, right? We're going to so get through this together once again. Do you have a countdown? Because you put a Twitter countdown for when Week Zero is. It was it have, was uh, the 249? day after the Air Force game. It was two hundred and forty one days. So as of recording right now, I think we're at like two thirty seven, two thirty six. It's it's a ways away. We're we're gonna grin and bear it. And you know what, Kirk Street? We all love football. You
1: don't, so leave us alone. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> because you oh, that. Is there time to talk about that or should we just we'll wrap talk? Up you know what? Let's talk
2: about more about that next time
1: when there's a national championship game coming up, when it yeah. means something, I guess we'll save that for another time because I can go for 10 minutes on that because it's all good. We're just, uh, you, you know, what we're talking about people. And so just, um, we'll save that for next Just so we have another topic number two to talk about, but check us out MWR.com and just subscribe. And typically I think we're going to go every Sunday, I believe it is Sunday, Monday. So About this time every week will be a new show to wake up for your work week. So have a good one, everybody, and we'll be back next time.